So testing, there we go. Well, let's just continue as we worship in prayer. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you. God, we thank you that, that you are our God and creator of heaven and earth, the creator of all things. And Father, we come to you this morning and we give you praise and honor and glory. Father, we are humbled, humbled that you would make us, humbled that you would make us to be in a relationship with you that would last forever. Father, we recognize that in sinfulness, Father, that we have fallen from your glory and that, Father, that we are in great, great need of rescue. Father, we thank you for the promise of your, of your son who would come to deliver, to redeem, to save. God, we thank you that your redemptive plan is written from the beginning pages of your word all the way to the end. Lord, we praise you and we give you honor and glory today. Father, as we come to your word today, as we consider the question at hand, Father, we ask that you would open up our hearts and minds. Father, stretch us maybe in areas that, that we have not been stretched in before. And so we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is good to be with you today and good to see you today. And I just want to start with a little story. There was a, a family that was going through all these questions and answers. And, and the dad and the son, young son, were driving down the road one day. And, and uh, you know, they had just, they had been talking about God's creation, that God had created all things. And the, and the son kind of turns to the dad who's driving down the road and he says, God, who created telephone poles? And uh, and, and uh, you know, and, and at first it's kind of like, well, that's not one of those questions that you answer, well, God did, okay? So, um, no, man, man made telephone poles, but God made the trees to make the telephone poles. And, and so it's really interesting as we think about these questions that these questions really do challenge all of us. Um, and, uh, and, and not just us as adults, but us as Young people and children, these questions should be at the forefront of our thinking all the time. And so, the, again, the, the question that we're asking today is this, what else did God create? And the answer, and you don't have to read this, let me just read it for you again. God created all things by the power of his word. Catch that statement. And all his creation was very good. Okay, hold on to that thought. Everything flourished under his rule. The short answer, God created all things and all things and all his creation was very good. And so again, as we read earlier, uh, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. One of the things that God created us to do and be as human beings is to reason to question, to consider, to, to go deeper, not just to accept, but to actually hear and then to interpret, to reason through, to ask more questions. And so as we come to this topic today, one of the things that, that we, should, would at, we should ask is, why did, God, uh, why did God call creation good? You ever think about that? Why did God call it good? Um. What should we think about creation? Everything seen and unseen that God has made. What should we think about it? Why does it matter that God created all things very 
good. In Genesis 1, um, God has shown creating the world out of nothing. He speaks all things into existence, light, air, water, earth, plants, animals, everything. He spoke and it came into being. What's amazing to me is that every time that God made something, he didn't just say that it was or that it existed. After each day of creation, the creation account, as we see it in Genesis 1 and 2, especially chapter 1, um, it says that God, uh, uh, when God made something, the Bible says that God saw it and said that it was good. And we need to catch that. We need, it's easy to read over that um, um, and, and, and not really think about it. But he saw it and he said that it was good. And not just good on the sixth day, he said that he, all things that he made were very good. And again, we need to contemplate that. We need to wrestle with that and, and, and embrace that. So what does it mean? What, what does it mean? Or, or maybe better, a better way to say it is, is it still true? Did, do you see where I'm going with this? If God made everything very good, then we need to ask the question, is it still true today? Understand where I'm going with that. Because if we conclude that it's not, then God is not good. Do you catch what I'm saying? So the, 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 the depth of these questions is so important for us to consider. Is it still true today? After all, all that we need to do is look around us and see that there are some pretty not-so-good things in our world today. Would you, would you agree with me? There are some not-so-good things out there in the world that we live in today. When God said that it was good or that he made it, that he, all that he had made was good, here's what God is doing, and we need to catch this from the Word of God. He is, he is affirming its original design and intent. When God created everything and he said it is very good, we need to go back to the beginning and we need to understand that God is affirming. God is affirming its original design and intent. We must go back to the beginning. We must go back to God because if you do not go there, you are bound for trouble in your thinking and in your questioning. We must go back there. In its original state, creation uh, measured up to God's perfect standard. It was the way he wanted it to be. It was exactly what he desired. It could only reflect his character, his power, and his nature because it could do nothing else but that. So when God created, it was an expression of himself. So when you look at the uh, when you look at the first five days of creation in Genesis chapter one, the phrase "and God said" or "God saw that it was good" pops up four times in Genesis 1:10, 1:12, 1:18, and 1:25. Yet at the end of the sixth day, God saw that he uh, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. So then again, you have to ask the question, and I'm doing a little bit of repetitive here, but I just want you to catch this: Why? What's the difference in the sixth day? At the end of the sixth day, God is finished with his work of creation, 
and he is looking back on all that he has made, everything that he has made, including mankind. Okay? This is not the far side comic where God drops the jar with man and woman and they run off and God says, oops. This is not that, that scenario, okay? That's not what's going on here. God looks back at all, on all that he has made, including man, in this entire creation, from the smallest of subatomic particles to the largest galaxies that are spinning in space, everything worked and functioned exactly as he planned. Can I just tell you something? It still does. Did you catch that? Everything still functions as God planned it to function. Author John Schneider writes in his book, um, the, good of, the, the Good of Affluence, this creation that God majestically called forth into being is good. It is good in its individual parts, and it is good in its as a whole, as an integrated system. In fact, in this integrative cosmic sense, the text forms, uh, informs us that God declared it to be very good. In Genesis 1.31, we find the first hint of God's original intent for his creation. And here it is. God purpose, God's purpose for creation, everything that we know, everything that we see, God's purpose for creation was that he would be glorified by it. Did you catch that? That he would be glorified by it. So it doesn't matter when... I think of Deuteronomy chapter 6 when it says, um, parents, um, um, teach your children as you walk along the way, as you sit down, as you lie down, as you work, in all the different aspects of life. Teach your children what? Teach them God. Teach them about God. Teach them that God is active, that he is working. So when you're sitting alongside the road, I used to love this with my mom because my mom would take the time to do this. We'd be walking along the, 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 the road or whatever, and we would see these flowers. And my mom would, would stop us and say, look at these flowers, these tiny little flowers. Look at the way they were made. Look at how they look. Look at their colors. Look at their design. And we would look. And mom says, isn't God good? Isn't God great? Isn't God majestic. God is our creator, folks. And the one of the things that we find in this in this verse, Genesis 1:31 that when God saw all that he had made and said it was very good, he purposed to be glorified by his creation. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 says, "You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things." And for your pleasure, they are created. For your pleasure, God. I'm not going to read it, but in, write down Psalm 104. Psalm 104 is an amazing declaration of the work of God's hands. And part of verse 27 says, All created things look to God. Everything looks to God, the Creator. Psalm chapter 8 is another declaration of God's majesty and creation culminating 
in, in, in his crowning glory, the creation of man himself. Again, reiterating God's desire for man, not only that he was created in God's image, but he was also created to rule over the earth as it is, was made. You know, just as a, as a, a great painting reflects the glory of the master, the, the master artist, we need to understand something. God created everything for his, and I'm just going to put it in here, for his own glory and his own pleasure. And we might think, well, man, that's a little bit egotistical. Yes, it is. He's God. He is God, and he created it all for his own glory and for his own pleasure. Therefore, please understand this, God is most glorified when his creation works like it was designed to work. This idea of working in this, in this form is, is uh, epitomized in the Old Testament word uh, that we use, uh, shalom or peace. And, and uh, just an amazing book, uh, it's called Not the Way It Was Supposed to Be by Cornelius, Cornelius Planica. And he defines peace in that book this way. It is the webbing together of God, humans, and all creation and justice, peace, harmony, wholeness, fulfillment, and delight. Shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight, a state, a rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts and, and natural gifts fruitfully employed. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be, the full flourishing of human life in all aspects as God intended it to be. You know, if you were witnessing to someone right now, you could just jump right into, well, why isn't it working? Don't answer that out loud. Okay? It's because of sin. It's because of sin and it's because of the fall of man. It's because man chose to step outside of God's intended plan. And so we find later in Scripture, actually referenced all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, the promise of the Messiah who would bruise, who would crush the head of the serpent. The promise of the Messiah. Later in the life of Christ, we get a glimpse of the full flourishing of human life as it was meant to be and meant to look like, referring to Jesus as the, the second Adam living on earth as the visible image of God. We find that in Romans chapter 5 and 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Folks, Adam is the, or Jesus is the second Adam who came to the earth and lived a sinless life. Lived for the glory of God. Lived for the presence of God. Why should that give you an I hope? Because someday we'll all be there. Someday we will all live that way. Amen? Not because we're good, but because of Christ in us. Because we believe in Christ. So during his ministry on earth, just some small glimpses of that flourishing, Jesus healed the sick. And he gave sight to the blind. And he, and he fed thousands. So here's the question. I don't know if you've ever asked this when you're reading the Gospels, but it, I do. I ask these kinds of questions. Did God heal everyone? No. Did he give sight to all the blind people? No. Did he feed everybody? No. He did not. Could he have? 
Okay, come on. Could he have? Yes, please understand the questions I'm asking. Don't be afraid. You ask the question, and then you have to answer based upon what you know and what you understand. Folks, there ought not to be hesitancy in our heart and our voice. God is God, and he is the creator of heaven and earth, of everything. And Jesus is the fulfillment of the way Adam was meant to live. Then you have to ask the question, why didn't he? I've asked that question. Why at the pool of Bethsaida, when the whole pool was surrounded by sick people, did God pick one? For his glory. There you go. So while Jesus was demonstrating God's power and authority in these signs and wonders, by not healing, by not giving sight, by not feeding everyone, here's something that we find, okay? And I want you to catch this, that God's creation, including you and I, are still in the good hands of the Creator. In other words, it reminds us every day that we still need God. You need God. I need God every day. I don't know about you, but I need him 24-7, okay? Because I'm a mess, all right? You can laugh at that. I'm a mess, and I need Jesus. I need him. And so the fact that it's not all done yet is because I'm reminded that I need him every day. I need him to know how to, how to work and to love in my marriage with Teresa. I need it in my work as a pastor. I need it in my private life, in the integrity of my private life. I need it in all aspects of my life. I need God, and so do you. There's a form of sharing the gospel. It's called the four-chapter gospel, and it reveals God's plan. And here's just a kind of a summation of that. But God's story begins and it ends with creation. It begins and it ends with creation. When we, when we think about the message of the Bible, we have, the, we have a story that can be summarized by creation, fall, redemption, and new creation, or we can use the word restoration. At the beginning and at the end of the message, the story of the Bible, God's word, we have creation. We need to understand that we have creation. God created and God will one day create all things new. That's the promise, folks. That is the promise that we have. Redemption, the third part, it goes creation, fall, redemption. Redemption is about showing us the way things could be or can be. Even after sin came into the world with its uh, corrupting power and its influence, one of the things that we need to understand, here's a fundamental thing that we need to understand and hold on to, the, that there is still a fundamental goodness in the creation that remains. There is still goodness I didn't say that we are all good people because the scripture says that there is no one good, no, not one. What I am saying is that in God's creation, there is still goodness. 
goodness, the goodness of creation remains. Sin might distort the goodness of creation, but it cannot make what God has said about it untrue. You catch that? Sin might distort the goodness of creation, but it cannot make what God has said about it untrue. So God said it was very good. Is that still a truth? Yes. And we need to cling to that more than ever today, folks. We need to cling to that. Why? It is, very, it is still very good because God made it. God spoke it into being. God is the author of it. He is the perfecter of it. So when Jesus healed the blind man, he was showing us that there would be a time when there would be no one blind. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he was showing us, that the, that showing us that there would be a time when no one would ever go hungry again. He was pointing to something that is yet to come. In Revelation 21, uh, 4, that we read, it, it, it tells us about restoration, that restoration is coming. It will be a time when he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Uh, for the older, the old order of things has passed away. And then if you move on and you read verse 5, there, that there, right after it says at that time that God will make all things new. It is so important, you guys, that we hold on to and cling to these things that are being said here today. As God's people, uh, we affirm the goodness of his creation and we seek to preserve it. Um, even as it groans, as it says in Romans chapter 8, awaiting its final restoration. Folks, it's so easy in our culture today, it's so easy in our world just, just to give up. Just to give up. But no, God still wants you and I to be stewards. God still wants you and I to, to be his instruments in this world. How we steward the land in, in, in all different ways, in all the ways that we take care of it. God wants us to stay involved as his created beings that represent him. And so just looking through a, a lens of three areas or four areas in symmetry, that's balance, okay? We understand that God created all things by his, by his uh, powerful world and all his creation was very good. Everything flourished under his loving rule. When he said, when he had finished creating it, he said it was very good. Can I just tell you something today? God does not make mistakes. There's an old adage that you say, God don't make no junk. Okay? God doesn't make mistakes, folks. When you look in the mirror, you can't honestly look in the mirror and say, God, you really blew it when you made me. Honestly, you can't. You were made exactly in his image the way he wanted you to be. You were made exactly in his image the way that he meant you to live and to walk and to talk and to use your gifts and your abilities and your skill sets. All of it was created by God. And the balance of it, when you look in this room, none of us looks the same. Amen. Okay? 
We're all created in His image, male and female, as we spoke about last week. That is so important that we embrace His creation and His work the way that it was designed to be. In clarity then, because God made it, everything, everything, you and I included, were made for His pleasure and His praise. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom be glory forever. Romans chapter 11, verse 36. Folks, the question that we started with is, what else did God create? And God created everything. He created all things by His powerful Word. And all His creation was very good. Everything flourished under His loving rule. Folks, in clarity, we need to embrace that God made it all. God made you and he made, he made me. And everything was meant and made for his pleasure and his praise. In community, as the body of Christ, as, God, uh, as God's reconciled community through Jesus Christ our Lord, we are called to be his ambassadors of reconciliation, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Life is about your life and my life right now as believers. Life is about our new life in Christ as his redeemed people. That's what it's all about, folks. It's all about, it is all about our new life in Christ as his redeemed people. Folks, you and I have answers that people without Christ do not have. They're not your enemy. They, are, they were created with the same need that you and I have. And the only difference between us and them, those who believe and those who do not believe, is the fact that they have not seen that Jesus Christ is their Redeemer. That Jesus Christ can bring them back and restore them and to make them right with God. That is what community is all about. And the last piece is in counsel. Folks, I just want you to catch this today. Please hear what I'm about to say. Our enemy, Satan, wants to get people thinking negatively. And here's what he wants more than anything else, to question God's goodness. You guys have heard this. You've heard these questions. If God is such a good God, why do you fill in the blank? Have you heard those kind of questions? Isn't it amazing when things go sideways that God is the first one we blame? Did God change? No. Who's changed? Us. Folks, bad in this life. Uh, Joseph, I, I love what he said to his brothers after his brothers sold him into slavery in Egypt, and he finally gets reunited with his brothers, and he says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Do you catch that? His brothers hated his guts and sold him into slavery. And he said, God, he says, hey, you guys, 
I know you're confessing to me, and I, I accept your confession, and I forgive you, but he says, please understand this. God put all this together so that I might be here ahead of you to save the lives of many people. That's a good mindset. That's a good heart set, heart set right there. So in counsel, our enemy, Satan, wants to get people thinking negatively and question the very goodness of God. That life is, it, but here's the thing that we need to help people understand. Life, your life, my life is not about our wants, our wishes, and our desires. It is about a good God who loves us and wants us to be with him forever. And so as we counsel, as we come alongside of people and people get into that negative counsel and that neg those negative statements and they begin to question the goodness of God, really the thing that we need to help people understand is that in questioning God, and I'm just going to say it, what we're really doing is we're, when we're questioning his goodness, we are really even questioning whether we believe that God is who he says he is. We are questioning his very existence. We are questioning, do we even need him? Do bad things happen in our life? Absolutely. Do we suffer in this life? Absolutely. Do we lose in this life people and things that mean so much to us? Absolutely. I love it in Corinthians when it says that, that let us come to our great God who is our comforter in the midst of our struggles. There's a statement that many churches have used, many believers have used over the centuries of time. And it goes like this. I'll begin the, the statement. It says, God is good all the time. God is good. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. And when he looked upon his creative work, he said that it was not just good, but it was very good. Someday that will all be restored, folks. Someday that will all be restored to his original intent and his original plan and design. And you and I on this earth, as his ambassadors, are here to point people back to him. We're ambassadors, folks. We, we live in a foreign country with the job order to point people to God. That is our plan. That is our, that is our design. That is our purpose as his community. Psalm chapter uh, 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that has that hath breath praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Folks, I hope that as you walk out of here today that you just give God praise. If you have breath, I woke up this morning, and I, I, I have plantar fasciitis sometimes. I've been wearing different things, and it's helped out a lot on my feet. But 
there was a time when it was hard to get out of bed in the morning. My feet like felt like they were on pins and needles. And it was just painful. And then and then I inherited my dad's bad back, okay? Um, actually, I just have a bad back. So you put feet and back together, and that just equals a lot of pain in the morning. But here's the deal. I got up this morning even, and as I was reading and preparing, and I was reminded by God himself, by his word, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Why? Because someday it will all be restored. Someday it will all be made brand new. And you and I are the lights of that. You and I are the ambassadors of that. And I just, I just want to challenge you with that today. Again, let's just look at those, that, those questions again, if we could pull them up, if they're available. Um, the question is, <clears throat> what else did God create? And the answer is, God created all things by, the pow- by his powerful word, and all his creation was very good. Everything flourished under his loving rule. The scripture that backs that is from Genesis chapter 1, 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now I'm going to change one thing in this before we close today. I'm going to make this very personal. Okay? It says, and God saw every, God saw everything. Okay? So when I when I'm gonna I'm gonna read it, and God saw, and then I'm gonna stop, and I want you to say your name out loud, okay? And God saw that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Catch that? He saw you, and it was very good. And now he says, live for me. Walk with me. Know me. Trust me. Follow my word. Obey me. Lord God, we come to you today, and we thank you. We thank you for this question that we are, that we are called to address. God, we thank you for the answers that are there in your word. And Lord, we're just barely scratching the surface this morning. But we thank you for the question, and we thank you for the answer, and we thank you for the scripture, for your word that backs it up in so many places and in so many different ways. God, you are good all the time. You are good. Father, we thank you and we praise you, and we ask these things in your name. Amen. Tom, will you come and stand with us as we sing this morning?